take a sheet of paper out, eight and a half by 11, put your fist on that paper, draw a circle around it, okay? And then start thinking for the next hour, everything that you hate about the business that you never want to ever do ever again, mm. right? So spend an hour doing that. And then what I want you to start doing after that hour and after you like threw up all over this paper and it should be a throw up. If you're not, you're doing it wrong and you're lying to yourself and you're supporting terrorism. Oh. Um, and then after that, I want you to start thinking what's all the stuff you love doing and draw that in the circle. And then I want you to look at the paper and going, why are you doing all the crap outside that circle? You should think about saying no, delegating, or who do I need to hire in order to get this done? Tim, we have a really fun guest today because I'll tell you what, we, we do talk to a lot of agency owners. Today's guest was an agency owner and sold it. And then for the last decade or so, he's been kind of coaching and consulting and helping a bunch of other agencies grow. And so I think that's pretty, pretty special. When you've got an agency coach mm -hmm. and we're talking agency owners. Yep. I've got to believe there's going to be some nuggets. Well, I've got to believe that they've got a front row seat to uh, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And that that's yeah. what I would like. And today, without further ado, we have Jason Swank on the show. All right. And for you folks out there who might have Googled Jason, Jason's done a bunch of things. He's been a pioneer in one of the early like I'm selling my agency early folks in 2011. Jason has also done something that I think we'll talk a lot about today, too. He's built his personal brand. You know, he does the coaching, but he's a he's a big supporter of agency owners going out and building a brand and that being the head of the snake. And, you know, there's a lot of things that he says that I totally agree with some things I don't, uh, but I love the ideas that he brings to the table and the front row seat he has. At the end of the day, you want to hear different perspectives to make sure that you're broadening your mind as much as you can. And, and so I really look forward to this conversation. Uh, but without further ado, we're super pumped that we get to have agency swank on agency, agency swank. You'll love that. Jason Swank on Agency Talk. <laughs> Tim, I'm really excited because we got our homie Jason Swank in the house today over here in Colorado, which is pretty exciting. And by the way, Jason, you look like you're in Colorado based on the doors totally. in the background and everything else. But like I said before, don't get distracted if you're watching this online by the unbelievably better microphone that Jason is rocking with right now. And it's bright just like his personality. Jason, thank you for coming to Agency Talk, my guy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Dude, we're so excited that you're on the show and we've been wanting this for a long time. And Tim, you were on his list and mine and Tim got to you first, which is exciting. And man, we, we want to pick your brain because the big thing about Agency Talk that is exciting for us is that we want to get in the trenches with people that are truly actionable and from growing an agency to multi millions of dollars, selling it, growing another one in a shorter amount of time, coaching countless agencies having a mastermind. I mean, you've got a front row seat to what it takes to make it in this business. So we're, we're pumped, man. Thank you so much. Yep. Thanks for having me. And one of the things that you said, which Tim and I go back and forth on a lot is this emergence of the agency owner brand guy, gal, right? Like the idea of building a personal brand. Now, the question I have for you is there are going to be a lot of people out there listening to this and they do what they hear. So, so there's probably a right way to go if you don't have one now, you're not the front facing person and there's probably a wrong way to go do it. So what's a couple practical steps of people that are like wanting to tiptoe into that personal brand advantage? I think a lot of people struggle with it a little bit, just based on a couple things, right? They think, 
well, where do I get started? I suck at video, right? So I don't want to get on video. And I was kind of the same way. You know, my first video, I looked like a Oompa Loompa or a hostage in like Somalia, you know, because of the <laughs> ugly green background or any of that. Or the other thing that they think is, well, if I build my personal brand, everyone's going to want to work with me mm-hmm. rather than my team. And that's not why I created my agency. I wanted to create it for freedom. But in the first couple of years, there's absolutely no freedom. It's a big prison, right? You can't get out. You're doing everything. And they're going to think, well, the clients are going to want me. Well, the best example I can tell you out there, and everyone knows them, is Gary Vanderchuk with VanderMedia, mm-hmm. right? He's built an incredible personal brand. That's why that agency has grown where it's at. They have really smart people, and it's grown past that. But he's not going to work on people's deal. I can promise you that. (laughs) And you probably don't want someone with that much attention disorder (laughs) working on your deal anyway, (laughs) right? So you want to kind of get yourself out of those two things going, well, I don't have to create video at first. And so one of the easiest ways I tell agency owners to start building their brand is to start a podcast, kind of like what you guys are doing, right? Um, It doesn't have to be video at first. So you can just say, and you don't even have to listen to it because no one likes to listen to their own voice. It's like, yeah, you know, right? So just have a conversation with your best clients, your best prospects, and then, you know, put that out there and then you'll start to find your voice. And then you'll start attracting people that believe in the same things you do, which makes it a little easier. It's, it's, it, it's incredibly easy once you get started, but you just have to commit to it for at least six months to a year until you see any results. But what you do is you build this huge moat around your business for your competition that they can't get in mm-hmm. because your competition's going to do it for 10 episodes and then they're going to quit. And you're going to see a lot of people. I can't tell you how many people engage with us in the mastermind after listening to the podcast for four years. That's an, that's an incredible long game. Big time. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny you mentioned Gary because uh, we, we all, Tim and I are friends with Gary. We actually just had him on the show, which is pretty exciting. So we affirm all those things you just said. And it is nice though, that ahead of the snake is, is a really important piece of it. Now I do have a question though, cause that obviously tiptoes into the next part of this, which is there are a lot of agency owners out there, really successful ones that I know that are doing the sales process that are a part of really a part of that, that journey. So help me, help me bifurcate that. Like, is it, is it okay in some models? Is it something that you just see as like a early indicator of being like, this thing's not going to scale? Or what do you think the biggest disadvantage in, in is, is of actually having that? It should set up red flags, honestly, to the brand actually engaging with the agency. Because the owner, there should really be kind of five roles an agency CEO does. And, and it took me a while to realize this. Number one is... I need to set the vision of the agency of where it's going. And that's one of the most important things and communicate it to the team. So then I'm not the toll booth for everything coming to me. Mm. Okay. Including sales. Mm. The second one is coaching and mentoring your leadership team so they can grow to better leaders. So they can grow the team under them and grow the agency and make the right decisions. Number three, assist sales or build relationships. The key emphasis is assist. There was, um, in our mastermind, we're always talking about agency owners getting out of the sales process. 
but there's a lot of agencies that really enjoy the close. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. And if you enjoy the close, we'll be in it. Like (laughs) I want to get everyone listening to a place where they can pick and choose to do the things that they want. I love the creative process. So I was always at, at the first agency. I was always in the first meeting leading the creative process. I didn't have to do it, but I did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's the other role. And then the other is understand the financials. You don't have to be a spreadsheet nerd or geek or like a, if I look at a spreadsheet, I'm throwing up like literally <laughs> I need to hire the right people. Um, and, and those are the roles that you need to do in order to transform to the CEO versus an owner. And then I'll tell you this, when you actually are able to do this, you're going to be depressed because you're going to go into a sales meeting. You're going to go in a creative meeting and they're going to say, I don't need you. And then you're going to go to the next meeting. I don't need you. And I just want you to remember this. You're in a new role. Now the agency needs you for something new. And then you'll quickly get over going, Oh my God, I can go take a vacation. If I want, Mm. I can't tell you how many agencies I talk to that they haven't taken a vacation since they started. And I'm like, dude, man, like, what are you waiting for? Why are you working on your agency first rather than yourself? Cause it's everything else is going to suffer. Make sense. Yeah. Well, I think it makes total sense. And I, I love the liberation that happens when people are, you know, you don't have to be in the meeting anymore. And it, it, the fascinating thing about this space from my perspective is that there are so many opportunities. There's so many different places you can go. And to be able to explore that, that's particularly what I love. And so as soon as they tell me they don't need me in a meeting here, I'm like, okay, good. Now I can go over here and move, you know, move into this, <laughs> this place in this space. It's the best feeling in the world. So this is interesting for those folks out there who are thinking about this. I asked the same question. Tim and I are actually fascinated with the same question because there are people that are building their business right now without an exit strategy right? Or they're building it into like perpetuity, right? It's like, I'm just building it and I'm in it and I'm in build mode and scale mode. And usually the people that we talk to a lot are not just the new folks who are like, I'm starting an agency or like, Hey, I have an agency, but really they've got like a website building business on Fiverr. All right. We're talking about those people that are trying to get to the next level of breakthrough in their growth. And a lot of those folks are sitting around kind of in it so much and everything's so close to their face. They can't even think about an exit. So give me some like, please shake this tree a little bit and talk to folks about an exit strategy or having that in mind. And some of those early, like some of those things they can be doing if they do want to experience that kind of exit, like you've had in your, in your business. Whenever I chat with agency owners, I ask them the end goal. And I go, and there's kind of a, and I'll tell you when it's the right time to sell and when's not right time to sell as well. I ask them, are you trying to build this up and sell it? That's my first question. Some people are like, I don't know. I'll say, are you trying to create an incubator agency uh, where you're building other software and tools and you're using your team, right? That's kind of how I look at Vander Media, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're using that as an incubator and maybe they'll sell it. They do have the option to sell it. Um, and then, you know, the other is, is maybe it's a lifestyle business where I'll see it's really kind of around me. And that's perfectly fine because you go through a number of different levels in your agency. And as you start hiring more and more people, the business gets more complex. And when it gets complex, some people have a decision to make. Well, and, and you'll know this when you're in this kind of whitewater, you know, uh, stage, where you'll be like, man, why couldn't it go back to when it was easy and simple? And it was just a couple of us and you can push forward. And the only way to push forward is if you create the right systems, 
or you go backwards, which is perfectly fine. And that's a lifestyle business where it's everything depending on you, where the business is never going to really grow much more. No one's really going to purchase it for, you know, a, a significant amount of money. They may purchase it, but it's not going to be worth what, you know, you would probably want. Yeah. Um, and so those are the options. And then when you should sell is if you don't enjoy it anymore or you need the money. So let's say a family member gets sick. It's worth a ton of money. Sell it. Right. Um, or, uh, you know, those are really kind of the, the two things, but I, I can't tell you how many times I talk to an agency owner and I go, well, you want to sell the business. What do you want to sell it for? And they have no idea. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm like, well, pick a number. And then they'll just pick a number. I'm like, well, why, why'd you pick 10 million? Why'd you pick a hundred million? Usually the mark is I want to sell it for 10 million. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I guess they hear that all the time. I'm like really 10 million is not, depending on the lifestyle you have, it's not going to last forever depending on how old, how old you are. Um, Cause your lifestyle keeps going up. I was like a hundred million. You'll never have to work your, your day, you know, a, a, another day in your life. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I'm, 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 I'm first of all excited that you covered that because I feel like that's a question I get all the time and something that keeps coming up. And, and one of the things that I like to do, uh, just so you know, this Jason is that since I uh, left digital marketer, I actually been working doing round tables and, uh, for a lot of different publications out there. And one of them was an agency round table. And it was some of the biggest agency owners in the U S coming together to talk about hot topics. And I'll tell you one of the recurring themes outside of exiting your agency was team stuff, culture, growth, hiring, all of that kind of was in one big massive bucket and probably could have been its own two and a half hour talk. It just could have been. And so how often is it coming up in your mastermind? And tell us a little bit about some of those, those kind of discussions and what are the hot topic things that are coming around culture and, and uh, agencies and hiring and all the, the good people stuff. In the mastermind this month, one of the topics was around mental health and stress, <laughs> right? So those things are synonymous. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and one of my questions to the mastermind was what stresses you out like, the most? What gets you to, because if you have enough stress, you're going to get to burnout. You get the burnout. You're literally going to sell it for nothing or close it up where the business is just going to suck. And over and over again, it was, I'm not hiring the right team members or mm. I can't find the right staff or any of that. And it ultimately went back to the owner of setting the vision and the core beliefs mm. of the owner or the leadership team. And then rating each person that comes in based on those core beliefs and their capabilities of what they can actually do. It's not, you're trying to hire your twin. You're trying to hire the people that believe in the same thing you believe in. So like, for example, if you want to be a resource, like, so one of our core beliefs is being a resource we wish we had when we we're running the first agency, celebrate wins, share failures, right? Learn every day, have fun, you know, don't hang around crappy people, right? And so if those people, if someone believes in all those, they're going to do fantastic. Like I can train them on the actual business. Like one of our agency scale specialists came in, he used to sell floors, like never, you didn't even know what a digital agency was. And he is a tremendous asset to the mastermind, the members, to our team and all that, because we were able to like, he believed in what we believed in. And then we could train on that. So core values and culture are everything. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. That, that is so spot on. And, you know, we've, we've had conversations with many of, you know, the folks that we've been fortunate enough to speak with about, about culture and, you know, the, the, the small percentage of toxic people and how they can just, you know, implode an agency because for some reason they gain traction. It's just making sure you bring the right people on who have a positive mindset, who have a great work ethic and really believe in the things that you believe in. And it's so much easier to align a team that particular way. I could not agree more. So on that same note, uh, and I want to ask you this on the structure side. So when you're looking at, at, fast growth agencies, right? Do they have a typical kind of mold? Do they have a, a, a structure that you see that's kind of repeating a theme? Well, yeah, there's, there's a couple of things. They have complete clarity at who they're going after and they're offering and they keep it simple. They don't try to do everything for everyone. Um, they also have a, a great sales system where the owner's not doing all the sales. Um, they know how to qualify. They know how to convert. They, right, they take them down that path. Also, the owner is not in the day-to-day -day operations. Mm. Um, that's, that's really crucial as well, where they're kind of living those roles that I kind of defined. And, and it's more about when you have a, a problem, you're more about who rather than how. Mm -hmm. You're hiring the house in order to fix the stuff. Like if you're the owner and you're constantly saying, how do we do this? That's a mistake. You're just like, who should I actually bring in um, you know, in order to go do this. And then the other part is, is like, how can we get even more or like, who should we bring in so we can get more profitability because profit is everything. Like when we're, so, um, in the past two years, we bought 10 agencies. And so when we're looking at agencies to buy, we're buying good agencies. We're not buying the, like a lot of people when the pandemic happened, they're like, Oh, we can get some agencies for cheap. I'm like, that's a mistake. Why do you want to buy some piece of crap? Right. If it's a turd, it's a turd, <laughs> right? Like I want to buy uh, a dirty diamond <laughs> Oh yeah, that I can just polish it a little bit and it's a diamond rather than, I mean, think about all the pressure you have to put on a turd to make it into a diamond. <laughs> so there's so many quotes right now that I just want to continue to use. It's like everybody on the team that's listening to this in the engineering room, please note down the turd compression right. sequence. <laughs> yeah, what is the turd compression to make a diamond? That's what we want. <laughs> it's quite a know. bit. Of, it's quite a bit of pressure, I believe. Uh, anyway, all right, back to back to this. Back to what you were saying. <laughs> that was a good commercial break. That, that is, that is a good, and now for the sponsor. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's true. It's true though, because I think that when you're buying an agency, like you were saying a lot of those kind of, and it's funny, you guys are out there actively looking for agencies, right? Like this is something that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you that that is maybe something that would be really interesting for the listener is kind of the criteria outside of just having like a, you know what, let's do it this way. Tell me, tell me something that's a, that you wouldn't buy. Tell me some red flags that come up when you're looking at an agency that, that would be like, nah, we're out, not going to buy this agency. If uh, the owner is doing everything, that's an automatic red flag. Yep. Um, if the business is under a half million in EBITDA, which is net profit, mm -hmm. they're not, they haven't grown yet. Um, and there's, there's $10 million agencies that haven't even hit that threshold. Um, but then I also know $2 million agencies on the top line that are 50% margins and they're over a million in EBITDA. Um, and you don't want to sell if you're under a million in EBITDA, honestly, because your multiples are so low. It's mm -hmm. like one to two X. 
if you can get over the million, now you're at five to six. Um, and just, you know, there's not much. You're about, think about like when you miss a putt, you're missing it by this much. That's kind of how I feel um, where you're at an agency of that size. Uh, if you don't have reoccurring, mm. that's a red flag. If you don't have contracts, <laughs> I'm not even going to talk to you. Um, <laughs> other thing you should have in your agreements that most people don't is you can transfer the agreement just by written notice. So for example, a lot of times when uh, agencies buy other agencies or people come in, it's an asset purchase. So you're buying the contracts. And so what some people will do is like, oh, you got AT&T and LegalZoom. Well, you need to go to them and say, and have them sign this letter that when we do buy you, that you, they can transfer the contract from you to them or to you yeah. to us. And if they say no, then the deal's off and then you let your cards to the table. So there's a number of different wow. things there. You know, it's interesting that you brought up that personal brand question. And what I really want to know is how hard sometimes it is to buy, let's say the personal brand is big. Like Jason Swank, that's a big personal brand. So let's just say if Tim had a massive personal brand and somebody wanted to come in and buy conduit, how hard is it to differentiate whether Tim's the reason why that's successful and driving all the leads in business as without, you know, that you're going to buy it and then he's out. Right. So like how, how much of a risk is that? Well, if you have the right team, right. So that's like, if, if it was just Tim, then yeah, like you're just buying him. And then if he doesn't come with the agency, well, what are you really buying? You're just buying kind of reoccurring revenue that they'll probably go. But no, if, if you're buying like a vendor media, you're buying that team, you're buying the methodology, you're buying all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Gary's not going to come with it, but that's okay because they know exactly what Vander Media stands for. Um, so I have no problem. Like that's the other objection when I tell people buy the personal brand because they're like, "Well, we want to sell one day," and we don't we don't want to go with the company, which sometimes that's a red flag. Honestly, if you don't want to go, but it's only a red flag if you're doing a lot in the business. If right. you're more of like the chairman, like I've coached a lot of people to a place where they're the chairman, they're not in the day-to-day. -day. They just meet with the agency once a quarter and they go have fun or do their other side businesses. Yeah, we don't want to pay you to come to the company. And that's not a red flag. That means you created a huge entity that lives without you. And that's worth more. Jason, this is this has been so fascinating. But before you go, Tim and I have thing one thing that we love to do before we get off. And this is actually great because in your bio, or if you ever look Jason Swank up online, you'll see a, a word that kind of comes up over and over again. Uh, no, it's not. It's not asshole. Okay, there you go, Jason. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> no, it's it's, a, it's another a word. It's it's action. And I think that what's really cool about that is we also feel the same way. We feel like there's a lot of pontificators and theologians out there when it comes to good information. And we, we like the practitioner in the trench, actionable type thing that people can take, like a real nugget. And so we always end every interview by asking people, well, what's the one big thing somebody can go slam their laptop, turn off Spotify right now and go do. And I just would love for you to kind of maybe reiterate or kind of sum up and, and with some big thing that people can go do right now. Take a sheet of paper out, eight and a half by 11, put your fist on that paper, draw a circle around it. Okay. And then start thinking for the next hour, everything that you hate about the business that you never want to ever do ever again. Mm. Right. So spend an hour doing that. And then what I want you to start doing after that hour and after you like threw up all over this paper and it should be a throw up, 
if you're not, you're doing it wrong and you're lying to yourself and you're supporting terrorism. Oh. Um, and then after that, I want you to start thinking, what's all the stuff you love doing and draw that in the circle. And then I want you to look at the paper and going, why are you doing all the crap outside that circle? You should think about saying no, delegating, or who do I need to hire in order to get this done? Um, when you do that, you'll start to create more freedom. You'll love the business a lot more. If you love the business more, your team will love it more and you'll grow faster and then you'll have options. Amazing. I love that you put your fist down there too, like you're punching the paper. That's my visual I got right there. And all the crap yeah. on the outside awesome. of it. All right. Well, everybody get your paper out there and uh, and write a lot down. I know that probably people already have a lot of notes on their paper right now, just listening to you. And uh, Jason, we're just always so thrilled uh, when we get awesome people like you on the show who can, who can help us out and help me understand what it takes to have a successful agency. Uh, Tim, any final words of wisdom for our good friend, Jason here? No, just thank you, Jason. I, I appreciated the conversation greatly and it's ground floor and it's actionable for so many people. So thank you. And everybody else who's listening to it, go check out uh, hc-talk.com where you can see all the ways to connect with Jason uh, and check out all the things he's doing, follow along with his journey. He is awesome. Thank you, Jason, for being a guest on Agency Talk. Thanks, guys. That was exactly what we thought it was going to be. It was a front row seat. I loved his big takeaway, which is put your fist on that paper and and then just really spend your time with with all those things that you find challenging or difficult or you don't like with your agency. And then inside of that, uh, you know, write up those things that you do like. And hopefully those things that you do like, you know, are those things that you're going to be able to focus on going forward. Amazing. Hey, everybody out there in listener land, if you got something from this, go over to agency-talk.com. Give us a follow, a download, a subscribe to the Agency Talk show, and also let us know who you are. Join the conversation. We always love it. Um, But until next time, thank you so much for listening and uh, being here uh, every week for Agency Talk. 